coming up. You see, this is good. This is good. Because, see, we, this is where we mess up. We mess up. You know, we, we say, God, lead me. We ask God to pray. We pray for God to lead me, guide me, and all that stuff. And before God can speak, you've already formed in your mind. Yeah. I think that's the one I want to go out with. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that's the job I want. And God ain't said nothing. He ain't said nothing. And you prayed that he would say something, that he would guide you. But before he could guide you, you've already in your mind formed some opinions. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Here's a fact. Whether you see yourself this way or not, you are a leader. Have you identified those who are watching and following you? Join us for the continuation of the message series, Evidence of a Leader, where we'll look at leadership through the lens of God's Word. Here's Pastor Robert with part two of the message, An Unexpected Leader. The man of God, the man of God, thinks this person is a leader. When we just read how he accused, falsely accused his little brother of being wicked and, and having a bad heart, and we can see his character, Eliab's character here, and the man of God is raising him up in his mind. The man of God is thinking this is the one to be the king of all the people. Have y'all seen anything like this in your life? Where, where people who are renowned and respected are lifting? People who you like saying, nah, that person is shady. Have y'all seen anything like this in your life? Where the person who's demonstrated bad character is being lifted by a person who is supposed to be respected, honorable, truthful, and lifting them up. That's why this topic is so critical that we as believers can recognize, can see the evidence of a real leader. We need to see it a real leader. We need to be able to tell the difference between the fake and the real when it comes to leadership. We need to be the difference between the fake leader and the real leader because the world is confused about what a leader really looks like. We even see it with the man of God here. And look what it says. It reads on. Uh, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at the handsome Eliab, at how handsome Eliab is or how tall he is. Let me pause for a second. Now, we read earlier, and I, I didn't put it on your paper here, but we read it. Where God told Samuel to go to, the, to Jesse's sons, he says, I will show you which one it is. He told Samuel that. And before God could show him, <laughs> track with me here, before God could show him, Samuel had already formed in his mind when he saw Eliab. Oh, that's got to be him. And God ain't said nothing yet. God ain't, God told him, I'm going to show you. Just wait for me to show you. Don't start thinking. Don't be having your own thoughts about it. Just wait till I show you. Oh, I, I know. I know. 
This, see, this is good. This is good. Because, see, we, this is where we mess up. We mess up. You know, we, we say, God, lead me. We ask God to pray. We pray for God to lead me, guide me, and all that stuff. And before God can speak, you've already formed in your mind, yeah, I think that's the one I want to go out with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think that's the job I want. And God ain't said nothing. He ain't said nothing. And you prayed that he would say something, that he would guide you. But before he could guide you, you've already in your mind formed some opinions. It happened with the man of God. God ain't showed him. And then God tells him. He tells him. Okay, man, you don't move too fast. You don't went too fast. Because you're looking at the wrong thing. He said, don't look at how handsome Eliab is or how tall he is. He said, because I have not chosen him. God does not see the same way people see. People look at the outside of a person, but the Lord looks at the heart. So if God is looking at the heart, then we should be looking at the heart. Now, part of the reason Samuel had a problem, he misstepped here, was because Samuel had developed some affinities. Just like you and I, we make some mistakes because we have developed some affinities in life. Look what it says here in 1 Samuel 16, 1a. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you continue to feel sorry for Saul? I have rejected him as king. So Samuel was still mourning, if you will, the fact that Saul was no longer king. Samuel hadn't turned the page yet. He still had an affinity with Saul. So much so that when he looked for the next king, he looked through the lens of Saul, a bad king. That's how much his affinity was with Saul. See, Saul, we find in, in, earlier in the Bible, Saul was tall, just like Eliab. Saul stood head and shoulders, the Bible says, over everybody else. <laughs> Good-looking guy, like Eliab. And Samuel was looking for someone who looked like Saul. Y'all been there? You been there? You been there? Where you're looking through the wrong lens. You're just looking through the wrong lens. And so he saw this tall, handsome guy. He said, oh, this got to be the one. He was wrong. He was wrong. I got a message for us today as the church, today's church, the people of God, today. Could it be, could it be in the church, in the church, are, are we looking through the wrong lens for leaders? Huh? Have we developed an affinity with some kind or type of leader that when we think of the next leader, we look in through that lens and then we're missing the true leader? who's right under our nose in our family, perhaps, <laughs> like it was for Eliab and his brothers. And they missed the real leader because they're looking through this lens of an old leader who was a bad leader. Could it be that the things that we lift up as leadership qualities in the church are the wrong things that we're lifting up? Could, we, could it be that we're looking for somebody who's tall, in charisma, <laughs> who's tall in education, uh, who's tall in eloquence. Could it be that's what we're looking for? We, 
We're looking for somebody who's tall in appearance. And we say, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the leader we want. And we're missing the elements that God looked for that has to deal with the heart. Could that be the reason there's so much turmoil and drama in the church leadership that we're in this, this era where so many leaders are making mistakes and missteps and doing all these things that we weren't looking for the right qualities? Could it be? <laughs> Could it be? So God had to correct the man of God about how he was looking for the leader. And he had not moved or turned the page from Saul, looking for the, through the wrong lens, looking on the outward appearance when God looks at the heart. Another reason uh, David was truly an unexpected leader, number four, his own father did not expect him to be a leader. <laughs> his own father did not expect him to be a leader. First Samuel 16, 10 and 11 says, uh, Jesse had seven of his sons pass by Samuel. Okay. <laughs> he had eight sons, but he only, let, he only had seven go by Samuel. So well, why is this significant? Look, it reads on. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen any of these. So this tells us that Samuel had at least a conversation about some of what he was going to do with Jesse. He said, because the Lord ain't chose any of these. And then he asked Jesse, the text says, are these all the sons you have? Jesse answered, I still have the youngest son. He's out taking care of the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So here, again, it's a big deal that Samuel was there. And Jesse intentionally left David off the roster. It's like, he didn't even, well, he didn't even think of David. It didn't come to mind. Maybe it wasn't so much intentionally, but he just, because he didn't think much of David, he just didn't think of him. In either case, he, this was, see this, if, if he saw David as a leader, and one of the greatest leaders of the people are here. It's like, oh, this is a good opportunity. This would be some good exposure for my, my son who's a prospective leader. Come here. You need to spend some, be around this, new, this leader here and learn some things. Pick up a few nuggets. But no, nobody thought about that. They just left him out with the sheep. <laughs> Anybody can relate to this? Have you been just ignored on your job, in your family, at school or whatever, and they lauding everybody else and ignoring your efforts, your dedication, your commitment, your education, your intelligence, your thoughtfulness. They just didn't include David. So his father didn't think much of it. Number five, write this down. King Saul did not expect him to be a leader. King Saul did not expect him to be a leader. First Samuel 17, 33. And again, we're, fast, we're going fast forward here a little bit. David is now at the battlefield in the Valley of Elah. And uh, just to give you the backdrop, David shows up, like I said, to uh, see how his brothers are doing. And he shows up at a time where Goliath, 
<laughs> you guys heard about the story. It's challenging the men of Israel, and all the men of Israel are scared. They're shaking in their boots. They don't want to deal with Goliath. Nobody wants to go out and fight, fight Goliath, not even the king Saul, who's the biggest of all of them. <laughs> so Goliath was over nine feet tall, and it's like, you know, it would be like appropriate work. Saul, you're the biggest of us, so you need to get out there and fight this dude. But nobody wanted to go. Everybody was scared. And so David shows up teenager ain't even old enough to be at the war in battle he shows up and so here we pick up some of the text here first Samuel 17 33 and 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 David told Saul I'll go I'll go fight this dude y'all ain't got to be afraid I'll, I'll do it and Saul replies it says here Saul answered you can't go against this Philistine and fight him you're only a boy Goliath has been a warrior since he was a young man. So even after David told him, I go, the king says, you can't go. You can't handle this. This is over your head. So David's dealing with all this opposition, but nobody is moving. Nobody wants to go. Let me get, let me get you another one. Number six, write this down. His enemy did not expect him to be a leader. So look, look so we see. His brothers didn't expect it, his, especially his oldest brother. The prophet Samuel didn't expect it. His father didn't expect it. The king didn't expect it. Okay? Now, if everybody has this negative attitude about you and they're not affirming your qualities, can't you see how a person can just start to just, could just start to just start to believe the, the stuff everybody's saying about them? You, you tell them, you know, or you, you display over and over again that you're nothing, you're nobody, you, can't, you ain't going to ever be nothing, you're worthless, you, he's dealing with all this opposition, and now his enemy says you ain't nobody either. Look what it says, 1 Samuel 17, 42 to 44. When Goliath looked at David and saw that he was only a boy, tanned and handsome, he looked down on David with disgust. He said, do you think I am a dog that you come out at me with a stick? He used his God's name to curse David. He said to David, come here. I'll feed your body to the birds of the air and the wild animals. <laughs> this is what David is dealing with. Y'all got to feel this. And this is why, this is why. We talked on our first message of the year. If you're going to get where God wants you to go in 2019, you're going to have to be strong and courageous. You're going to have to be strong and courageous. The, on, the only way David could overcome all this opposition is that he was strong and courageous. And that's the way that you're going to get through yours. You're going to have to be strong and courageous. So his enemy says, you ain't nobody either. But y'all know how the story ended, right? All right. Let me, let me say this. Number seven, write this down. Uh, only God, the sheep, the lion, and the bear <laughs> knew he was a leader. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Only God, the sheep, the lion, and the bear knew that David was a leader. They knew. <laughs> Look what the text says. We know why God knew. <laughs> Look what the text says. First Samuel 17, 34 and 36. But David said to Saul, I, your servant, have been keeping my father's sheep. 
when a lion or bear came and took a sheep from the flock, I would chase it. That's leadership. <laughs> now, get this. Now, walk with this. This is a boy. They, they called him a boy. He's a teenager. They call him a boy. A lion or bear takes a sheep out the flock. And here's this boy chasing the lion and the bear. <laughs> See, the, the, sheep, the sheep knew that David was a leader because David kept them protected. They knew about it. And, and David tells us later that the, the, the lion and the bear found out that I wasn't no joke, <laughs> that I was, I was something to deal with. I, I, you couldn't overlook me. I'm a boy, but you can't overlook me, okay? You, you can't do that because that, that can lead to your demise if you overlook me, David, David says. And it reads on, uh, verse 35. He says, I would chase it. I would attack it and save the sheep from its mouth. And when it attacked me, I caught it by its fur and I hit it and killed it. I, your servant, have killed both a lion and a bear. So God knew David was a leader. The lion knew. The bear knew. And the safe sheep knew that David was a leader because they was protected. You ever felt like that? That nobody of prominence, nobody of position, nobody of influence knew about your abilities, your gifts, your talents, and how God had blessed you and was going to use you. But, you know, some other, other folks knew that, you know, didn't have the influence or have the, 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 the ability to, you know, give you the opportunities. But they knew about it because you, know, you, you were doing it. You were doing certain things. You were developing your leadership skills. You were getting stronger in, on the, in the background, in the background. And, and nobody knew how you were getting stronger because nobody was paying attention. It's not that they couldn't know. They just wasn't paying attention. They didn't care enough to know. So, but the sheep knew. And the sheep could have told the rest of them, y'all just don't know. David's a bad boy. He's a bad dude. But they knew about David's leadership. Now, I want to <laughs> make sure we understand why it's so important for us to be in tune with evidence of leadership. The why. The why. Right now, I want us to talk about why it's important for you and me. Write this down. Some reasons we should expect to see and be leaders. Some reasons we should expect to see and be leaders. Number one, human beings were created to rule. Human beings were created to rule. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image and likeness, and let them rule. Over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the tame animals, over all the earth, over all the small crawling animals on the earth. Human beings were created to rule, to lead. Okay, So you should, we should expect to see leadership and leaders. And because we are human beings, we should expect to be leaders. Again, I think that if we would get that into our spirits more, the world would change for the positive as followers of Christ. So we should expect to see. This is the reason why no matter what your personality type is, you can lead from it. It doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted because all human beings were created to lead, to rule. So whatever your personality type is, it don't matter. They try to tell you, well, the extrovert is, you know, no, you can be an introvert and lead. Oh, yeah, you can do it. I'm an introvert, and I would say I'm a deep introvert. 
I didn't always know that. You know, in fact, me and my wife, you know, we debated about it for some years before I realized that she was right. Because, see, I can act like an extrovert at times. I'm kind of acting like one right now. But trust me, when I put this mic down <laughs> and everything settled down, I'm ready to go into my introversion, okay? I only can stay out here a little, only so long. But here's the point. Whatever your personality type is, don't let that hold you back from leadership. Don't let nobody tell you you can't lead because you're not type A or type B personality or introvert, extrovert, or, or whatever they use with Myers-Briggs or whatever other assessment, personality assessment you take. Don't let them tell you you can't lead from that personality type because that goes directly against what God says because he created human beings to rule. And you are one. Don't let that hold you back. Okay? Number two, believers are followers of the perfect leader, Jesus Christ. Just by the nature that we are followers of Jesus Christ, who's the perfect leaders, leader, we should expect to be a leader because he was one. Okay? If I'm following Christ and he was a leader, then I should exhibit leadership tendencies because that's the one I'm patterning my life after. So I should expect to see and be leaders because of that. Number three, well, look what the text says, John 17, 18, for number two. Um, John 17, 18. I have sent them, talking about those that are following him, into the world just as you sent me into the world. And he's talking to his father. This is his prayer in John 17. He's telling God the Father, I've sent those that follow me into the world just like you sent me. So we should be, expect to see and be leaders because we're following Christ. The third reason is, write this down, to help the world know that God and God's people are real. To help the world know God, that God and God's people are real. That's why we should expect to see and be leaders. 1 Samuel 17, 46. Now this picks up after David took out Goliath. Understand that. David and his slingshot did the job. The job is done. Now, we hear at verse 46, it says, Today the Lord will hand you over to me. Well, this picks up just before, I'm sorry, just before David took out Goliath. And this is David talking. He says to Goliath, Today the Lord will hand you over to me. Then all the world will know there is a God in Israel. So David tells this this big dude, right now today, God's going to give you over to me. And when that happens, the whole world going to know that God is real and his people are real. And y'all know how the story ends. David wins the battle. And then number four, the fourth reason that we should expect to see and be leaders is to influence others to move forward in the face of challenges. To influence others to move forward in the face of challenges. Now, this is after David has defeated Goliath. And look what happens. 1 Samuel 17, 52. The men of Israel and Judah shouted and chased the Philistines all the way to the entrance of the city of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Understand, before David defeated Goliath, they were scared. Nobody wanted to go out to battle. Goliath was coming in and out challenging them every day, and nobody was brave enough. Now, that David has defeated Goliath, now all of a sudden they're chasing the Philistines. So when we step up and allow God 
to work through us and be leaders, it affects other people. It influences other people to move forward. Do y'all get what I'm saying here? You be a better, you become a better leader. Somebody who's watching you and influenced by you will be encouraged to move forward with their challenges in the face of their challenge. Fathers, step up and be a leader. So your family will be brave enough and have the courage to move forward to face their challenges. Mothers, step up and be a leader. Cousins, big brothers, little brothers, believers, step up and be leaders so those that we influence will have the courage to move forward and not be afraid of their challenge. David was the only one willing, and it affected the whole nation. Because the men they sent to go fight were scared before David showed. And all of a sudden, when David exercised leadership qualities, they now are chasing their enemy, chasing their challenges, attacking their challenges, facing their challenges. As I said earlier, if we could be the leaders God has called us to be and anointed us to be, we could change the world. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. You know, he was enthusiastic. We're talking about being a leader. We're talking about being a leader. You need to be enthusiastic about being a leader, about influencing people. David was that way. He was that way about preparation as he was as he was as excited about preparation as he was about the actual event. Some of us don't get on fire until we're on stage. Folks are looking. Thank you for listening.